Good morning. What a wonderful day, a great start to the week. It's your mind ready to take on the world as you listen this morning to the podcast. Hey, this is Jimmy Williams, your host for Live a Life by Design, and today I am excited to tackle an area of life that I believe holds back many of our listeners from achieving their full potential in life. You bet, I'm talking about conquering fear. You know, a lot of times we don't attempt something that could help bring us to the next level of life or or we don't take on that new role for fear that we'll fail in the process. We just simply conjure up ideas and reasons why we can't be successful so that we hold ourselves back. I want to talk to you a little bit this morning of your Monday morning moments of motivation, this quiet moment where you can now listen to my voice, take a few small tidbits of information, apply it this week, and become a bigger, better, and bolder you. Let's talk about fear for just a moment. Fear is nothing more than what's called an acrostic. If you take the letters of the word fear, F-E-A-R, they mean several things. I boil it down to being false evidence appearing real. You know, Zig Ziglar had a quote, and you always hear me quoting Zig. I I consider him one of my mentors in life because I've listened about every, maybe every audio he's put out, watched every video, I've read about every book he's ever published. I've seen him twice in person, and it just had such an impact on my life that I can't help but continue to quote him. Zig says this, Fear has two meanings. Forget everything and run or face everything and rise. The choice is yours. You know, stop thinking and start taking action to alleviate fear. One of the greatest things we can do in our life is be deliberate in what we're trying to accomplish. You know, too often we think of all the possible harms that could come from a certain decision when we should simply just take the first step toward our goal. Today we're going to talk about three hacks that will help you overcome, three strategies that will overcome fear. And the first few steps you take will give you the momentum to move through your fear and toward success. You know, this is one of the top three fears that most people have. You're going to laugh, but most people fear failure. This has held back many people from achieving what is maybe the biggest portion of their life and success is the failure in their life could become real. You know, I've got to tell you, failure is never final. However, quitting trying makes it so. So you've got to look at this as a moment in time and not your forever destination, right? So don't let the failure of something or potential failure cause you to miss out on opportunities in life. And then the other fear. The fear, yes, just the opposite. The fear of success. Oh my goodness, what what if I am successful? Would that uh, require me to, to change my way of living? Would that require me to change my friendships? Would I be losing my freedoms? In other words, would I have to have people that hold me accountable all the time or keep me on a schedule or do these things that I don't want to do? You know, too often we look at success and we try to find a way that it traps us into being someone we're not. 
Now, granted, I will tell you, success can change your mind in terms of living, in terms of life, and in terms of how you see yourself around others. But it doesn't have to. You have the power to control what you do with your life, no matter what role you play, whether it's one of being a pauper or one of being a wealthy person. You have the power in your mind and control of your body to determine how you wish to live life. One of the greatest and most successful people that I've read and studied has been Sam Walton. Sam Walton, who founded the first five and dime in a small town in Arkansas known as Bentonville, Arkansas, really saw big dreams in his life. He wanted to bring this type of a five and dime small town store approach, low prices so that the every man could afford anything, to every small community in the United States. Well, I got news for you. Mr. Walton didn't reach his goal. He exceeded it. Not only is Walmart, one of the largest retailers, now only second to Amazon, one of the largest retailers in the world, not just the United States, Walmart did something that many may see as being a negative. It did challenge smaller, closely held or mom and pop type stores to change the way they did business to change the way they market, to target and find a niche that Walmart couldn't provide so that they could retain their customer base. Now, granted, many of those small mom-and-pop companies did eventually succumb to the pressure of Walmart and did lose their businesses. But the point I'm making with this is, is that the fear of being successful did not hold back Sam Walton. Matter of fact, at one point in his career, He had extinguished all of his capital that he had available. He couldn't borrow any more money from the bank. They had lent him all they're going to lend. However, he did not stop there. Many of us would have said, you know, I've reached the end of the road. I can't do any more. I'm done. But not Sam Walton. Sam Walton was brought up in Oklahoma, a little town of Hennessy, Oklahoma, very poor family. And he did not know the word quit. As a matter of fact, my mother, who worked about 18 years for Walmart as a second career, met Mr. Walton on several occasions and was always amazed that he knew the names of all of his, quote, associates or employees, he called them associates, when he would see them. And this always brought my mother a great big smile on her face when Mr. Walton came to their particular store, driving that old Ford pickup, And he would walk in with the suit on, but he had a cap on that said Walmart, and he knew their names. And this was something that Sam Walton did to give morale or boosting or motivation to his associates. You see, he didn't let fear of success or failure interfere with his plans and reaching his goals. So I want to share just three simple steps or strategies that will help you overcome fear. You know, The first one, act, don't think. Our minds are survival-based. You know, your brain is always thinking of ways to keep you alive. That's its only role. How do I keep this body alive? Because if the body's not alive, of course, the brain will not live. Now, I'm not saying you should start base jumping off of tall buildings without a parachute 
or attempt to go hunt cobras with your bare hands. What I'm talking about is those few seconds you give yourself to think about a potential action to convince yourself that it is, in fact, a valid choice to move forward. Have you ever wondered how certain people can become so powerful that they overcome any physical situation without thinking? You know, we've heard these horrific stories where perhaps a child was under a car and this car needed to be moved and a gentleman that's the child's father without thinking just grabbed the edge of the car and lifted the automobile off the ground. Now, many of us know that that's adrenaline. You know, the brain's just pumping with adrenaline. He's excited, didn't think about what he was doing, but he acted. You see, that's how you overcome a fear. You overcome fear by acting movement, taking action toward what is the fear, diminishes the size of that fear in your eyes. You know, you've got to give yourself opportunities in life. So doors are there, but you must open them. Don't be fearful on what's on the other side of the door. Sometimes, and I'll confess, that I opened some doors in life that I wished I'd never opened. I don't have any regrets, but I did learn some valuable lessons in life, particularly on some business decisions that I made, and decisions also that I made of partnerships with individuals throughout life, uh, conducting business, that if I had the chance to do over again, I'd make a different decision. But what they did and how I gained benefit from these decisions that could have been made better was to learn from them so in the future I don't make the same mistakes twice. You know, act. Don't think is the key. What about if your child was being held over the edge of a 20-story building and you had a two-by-four laying between the two buildings, each 25 stories tall? The gentleman said, if you don't walk across that plank, that two-by-four, and do it now, it's only 20 feet, if you don't, I'm going to drop your child to its inevitable death on the street. Now, I hear what you're saying. Many of you are saying, well, wait a minute now, Jimmy. Uh, which child would he be holding? <laughs> no, that's not right. Uh, what I'm saying to you is, if that were your child, the great value you hold and love for that child would overcome any fear you had of those 20 small feet between life and death for your child. I don't have doubt that any of us would immediately start sprinting across that 20-foot span to save our child. You see, that's what I'm talking about when I say act, don't think. You do not have an opportunity to simply allow life to unfold whatever which way the wind may blow. What you must do is act on what are your goals. And let's talk about that for just a few moments. You see, another strategy to defeating fear is if you act and don't think being the first one, the second one is build your confidence through practice and education. You know, there are so many negative people in the world, I just really don't like hanging around those people. And sometimes those people may be family members, and I have cautioned them, you know, if we're going to have this type of conversation, I'm going to excuse myself and go into the other room, go outside, or simply go home. But practice saying these two words. Practice saying, I can, instead of allowing negative words into your thoughts. 
I can. It's just a simple phrase. But what it does is it hones the mind and focuses the mind on an accomplishment. It doesn't allow the mind to conjure up some negativity that could come from the action you're about to partake. It also allows you to understand that, hey, there is a vision I have of us doing what we love to do. I can. So study the area of your fear and learn from others who have overcome that fear. You know, many fears have been experienced long before you and I came along. You know, research others that have suffered with your particular fear. Learn how they conquered it. Visualize yourself doing the one thing that you hold is most fearful. Many people come to me and say, oh, I just couldn't speak in public as you do, Jimmy. I am not a speaker of front of people like that. You put me on a stage and I just become paralyzed. Well, you know, the first thing I would do if I were them, I'd get in front of an audience. Of course, it'd be a smaller audience. But I would get in front of an audience and conquer that fear of public speaking. You see, maybe I might get in front of five people. And if I built a little bit of confidence, then I may go get in front of a little larger crowd, eventually working myself up to a point where I'm in front of thousands of people. One of the things I have learned and enjoyed most in my life is the fact that I enjoy public speaking. I've been doing it as part of my career now for many years. Public speaking to me is one of the most rewarding ways of creating success. Let's talk about something I am fearful of and one way I needed to build my confidence. When I was very young, I played baseball. Now, this was back in the early 70s when they didn't have T-ball. This is where they had a pitcher throwing the ball at you that was only a mere 25 to 30 feet away from home plate. I was at the batter's box, ready to take on the pitcher. He threw a ball, and it hit me squarely on the left side of my left knee. You know that part where it's only bones, ligaments, and muscle, but it doesn't have any fat. It sent me to the ground pretty fast. Oh, I was grabbing my knee, and it hurt something terrible. Immediately, my knee starts swelling, and my coach is yelling from third base, Get up, throw some dirt on it, and run to first. Well, I got up. I did put a little dirt on there, thinking that might be the magic that needed to be taken to heal this. It didn't help any, but I hobbled on down to first. I got to first base, and I'll tell you, my leg was throbbing at this point. Finally, I got a pinch runner, convinced the first base coach I couldn't get to second very safely. So I sat down in the dugout. My mother and dad come over and check me out and say, what's going on? And basically got me a bag of ice and put on my knee. Now, I was only about seven years of age. At that age, I'm probably not as mature as I should have been about this. And I just told my dad, there's just no way I could play baseball the rest of the night. My knee was killing me. Well, obviously nothing was broke, but I did get a pretty good uh, sting, if you will, from the ball hitting right on the bone. It did swell up. But then the next game came around about two days later. There was that old familiar batter's box with another pitcher about 25 to 30 feet away. I found myself not standing in the batter's box when I was swinging at the ball. Subconsciously, I had told myself and created a fear 
that that ball was going to hurt no matter who was throwing it. I just needed to get out of the way. Well, this wasn't going to work for my baseball career for sure. So I'll tell you what happened. My coach, the next day at practice, after seeing this night where I just couldn't hit the ball because obviously stepping out of the plate wasn't going to help, he took some wiffle balls. And he said, now I'm just going to throw these wiffle balls toward you, and they're going to hit you. And I don't want you to move out of that batter's box. Just stand there, and I'm going to hit you with these wiffle balls. And as you can see, they're not going to hurt. He threw maybe a dozen, maybe even 18 to 24 of these wiffle balls at me. Standing there, I felt invincible. I felt like nothing could knock me out of that batter's box this side of a giant billy club coming along, right? And then he picked up some tennis balls, and he had about a dozen of those. And he said, now I'm going to take these tennis balls, just like I did the wiffle balls, and I'm going to throw some at the plate, and I'm going to throw some at you. Now, if they come at you, they're obviously not going to hurt. Maybe a little more than the wiffle ball, but not nearly as bad as a baseball. And just stand there and just remember this will not hurt. So he was training my mind. That's all he was doing. He was programming my mind to understand that that's just a ball, and I'm in charge of that ball. That ball's not in charge of me, right? And so he then proceeded to throw these about a dozen tennis balls, and I hit a few of them down the third baseline, hit one over the shortstop, one out in left field, and then he nailed me with a couple of them, and I didn't move. And I realized, hmm, well, they hurt a little more than the wolf ball, but nothing near that that baseball did on my kneecap. So then he said, okay, it's the test. Now I'm going to pitch some baseballs to you, and you're going to stand there and hit them because it's not going to hurt. You're now not going to get hurt. You're just going to stand there. And he said, if I do hit you, it's not going to hurt very long, and you're going to hit the ball and hit it well. Well, by now, I was so pumped up from hitting wiffle balls and tennis balls, and I just thought, well, he's throwing anything at me, I can take it. And sure enough, I stayed in the batter's box, my hitting improved, and I became an enjoyable baseball player once again. This short story is just to tell you that we can have fears about anything in life, such a small thing as a baseball can drive fear in the heart of a kid. There are such things out there in life that drive fear into the heart of us adults. And many times we have to be careful that this fear does not become our way of life, that it robs us of opportunities. So act, don't think, is the first strategy. The second strategy is build confidence through practice and education. The third and most practical way for you to overcome fear is set some goals. Now, I know what you're thinking. I'm not asking you to set astronomical, life-changing goals. I simply want you to set four or five small goals that will take you toward that fear and help you to overcome it. As I said earlier, if it's a fear of public speaking, go speak in front of your church group or your Sunday school group or speak in front of your employee group, whoever it may be. And it doesn't have to be long. Assume it's only three to five minutes. Do something that takes you in the direction against that fear. Overcoming that fear by setting goals and checking those goals off will only build your confidence as you are now set up to take on even bigger and better challenges. You know, people fear the unknown. People fear failure. People fear success. There are many types of fears that people have. 
But I will tell you, the best way to overcome any fear is to simply start doing it. If you start doing something, such as the fear of asking your boss for a raise if you work for someone, if you've done a good job in your heart and you know it and your boss hasn't given you a raise, what's the biggest thing that they could tell you besides no? Don't worry about being embarrassed. Walk in with confidence. Walk in not with arrogance, but with confidence and ask the appropriate question, what would it take for me to gain a raise in my pay? I have accomplished this, 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 and this. Let them know that you're committed to increasing your knowledge, to helping the company, to doing whatever it takes to excel in your career. And just remember, because you ask doesn't mean it always happens. But don't stop asking. Don't stop working on it. Don't stop just because you've run into one small obstacle. You know, Bob Proctor's a self-made millionaire, and he was featured in a, a book. Uh, he's a teacher, excuse me, featured in a book and a movie called The Secret. And he had a quote. It said, we come this way but once. We can either tiptoe through life and hope that we get to death without being too badly bruised. Or we can live a life full, complete life, achieving our goals and realizing our wildest dreams. You know, that kind of a statement really makes me understand why we're on the planet to start with. We're on this planet to help others, to do things that others won't do, so that at one day we can do what we wish to do when we want to do it. It's one of those things in life that if we can conquer fears that are out there, those false evidences appearing real, and understand that they have no dominion over our life, we will truly see success. An American author and humorist, Mark Twain, once said, I have lived a long life and had many troubles, most of which never happened. I think Mark Twain said it right. Most of the things that he thought he had as trouble really never happened. You see, we have opportunities before us each day. To achieve those opportunities, we simply must do something we didn't do yesterday. If fear was holding us back, today's a new day. Today is the first day of the week. I encourage, I implore you to implement one of these three strategies. Act. Don't think. Number two, practice, research, get information to educate yourself on the fear and how others have overcome it. Maybe you can implement one of their strategies as well. And thirdly, always, always set goals. You cannot set a goal that you can't achieve if you want it bad enough. I want to leave you with this small story. Steve Jobs, the founder and CEO of Apple Computers, when he first created the iPhone, the first iteration of the iPhone was so unique, so different from any other phone on the market. He knew that he had a great product. He had something that the public would want. It looked elegant, simple to use. It was a state-of-art electronic device. Now, we take it for granted here in 2019. These phones are just a part of our life now. But at the first invention of the iPhone, it was such a new and novel idea that Steve Jobs sat there for a moment and what was said he just stared at the simplicity yet the functionality 
of this device. You see, all he ever told his engineers was to make it simple, yet make it useful, and make it to where they are dependent to use it. He wanted to capture his market for the telephone business, for the electronics business. I would say that Apple, once it surpassed Microsoft in market cap, had achieved one of the goals set by Steve Jobs. During a commencement speech where he was speaking to a graduating university class in California, he made the comment, and please note that at this time he had already been told his life was just a few months away from cancer taking it. He simply said, don't waste time letting others live your life. Take every day and make it count for what you can do to make the world a better place. To leave your mark on what the world is today so that it will be better tomorrow because of you. That is truly what success is. You face your fears, you leave the world a better place, and I promise you, you, in the meantime, will be a better person. Now go out, tackle this week, have a great Monday, and we'll hear from you next week as we have another episode of Live a Life by Design. You can get a complete transcript of today's show online at livealifeby.design. If you like the show, please tell your friends and family about it. Also, we would be very appreciative if you would leave a review of the show wherever you listen to podcasts. This has been a Life Master Key production. The program is copyrighted by Jimmy J. Williams and Company, all rights reserved. Our production assistant is Amy Cotton. Our intern is Brindley. Brindley.